podcast world. This is Caribbean Power Lunch. I'm your host, Kevin Valley. My co-host tonight, Alicia Cooper. Hello, everybody. And our special guest tonight, coming in the pouring rain on a Sunday <laughs> evening. She has an exam next week, ladies and gentlemen. But she is here to get the message out. It's Laura Superville. Thank you for coming, Laura. Thanks for having me. So today, we're talking about wine. You are a wine-making professional. You're a wine-making expert. Growing up, I always remember my auntie in the kitchen. You know, she always had these little fruits in a jar in the corner there, and it's, and it's fermenting and stuff. Yeah, Kevin, don't touch that, boy. <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, don't touch that. that. That's for the wine. You make come December, we go drink the wine for Christmas, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you kind of commercialize this now. Mm-hmm. Right? So can you just kind of tell me about how did you get there? How do you go from, hey, let me take these fruits here and make this wine? Let me just walk us through that. I was living in England at the time, in London, and I was experiencing different products from all over the world and seeing, let's say, fruit wine from Australia, fruit wine from Canada, fruit wine, well, international fruit wine. And uh, I think it was around Christmas time too, and probably listening to the same strong song with, you know, Miss um, Gloria's yeah. way about the fruit wine. Yeah, the homemade wine. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, how mm-hmm. come we never took it to another level? Right. Trinidad is known for rum. Yeah. Yes. You know, we do wine, and I would think that wine used to be, well, fruit or homemade wine used to be a cultural thing where you start preparing it, let's say, September to December. Like my auntie. Like your aunt. <laughs> And then I just said, how come we never took it to that next step in order to export and be on the shelf just like the Canadian wine, just like the Australian wine, and compete internationally with your wine? And then it came back to, okay, packaging, okay, standards, how do you make it? And I came back home, and I knew an aunt just like you had an aunt. Uh, (laughs) I had an aunt who used to make fantastic fruit wines. right. So I went by her and started to learn and she gave me all these recipes to try and so on. And after that, I went on some winemaking courses. Okay. okay. And I started to experiment at home as well. Needless to say, my first batch was horrible. <laughs> so, so these courses, where did you take these courses? There are some courses available locally. There are some available online. And then I did study tours where you go to winemaking regions, let's say Argentina. Mm-hmm. I, actually, my first stop was, was in Miami because oh I said God. I wanted to get just as, okay, I'm doing fruit wine. I want to make sure. Fruit wine to fruit wine, you know, right. the same comparison yeah. so rather than, you know, yes. intended. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to see, okay, this is what I started doing. This is what I know. I right. want to see what the experts in the fruit wine production yes. industry, what they are doing. So I visited some, I'm just like, okay, I was, I was actually shocked that I was advanced in some stages. Were you already advanced? No, I, I'm just saying a comparison. Okay. 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 So, so for, let's say... Someone, a company who is producing fruit wines, they're exporting and making, let's say, 10,000 bottles mm. a year. And my production is small, only producing, let's say, 1,000 bottles a year. Right. Yet, the level of, the level of let's say, equipment right. that I'm using, this is the, the kind of equipment that they're using. Mm. You know, I was a little more advanced what? in comparison. Laura, fancy thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, it just, it just acted as a source of encouragement and... Well, I told myself, well, yeah, I'm, I'm there. I can do this. <laughs> no, yeah. I can do this. Yeah. You know? And then experimenting because wine is, is a science, but yet it's an art. It's something that you have to teach yourself. 
So as I said, my first batch was not good, (laughs) you know, but you just keep going and going and then the science behind it, you know, you document everything and you say, okay, well, this one wasn't good because, okay, too sweet, too dry, too this, too whatever. And you continuously tweak your recipe until you find something that, okay, yes, it's good now. Something I did when I first started out. Scrambling eggs. <laughs> <laughs> no more complicated. <laughs> okay, alright. So I know you also read a lot of books on this topic. Just for the listeners out there, in case they want to read about it. Can you mention a, a few of those books that you read? I started off with winemaking for beginners or something mm-hmm. like that. My aunt also gave me a couple of books. I can't remember their names. <laughs> which, which spoke about different types of wine. So wines from different regions and fortified wines like port and brandies. And, you know, so they're totally different ranges of wine other than, let's say, wine made from different types of grapes. So, you know, wines, let's say a Merlot right. or a Moscato. We're talking about types of grapes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of, if you, if you translate that into fruit wine, comes back, okay, you're talking about a pomerac, which is, you know, so it's a different variety. Gotcha. Yeah, a different variety of, of, or a different type of fruit. Okay. Yeah. And how long did it take you from idea or even your first batch to where you were ready to bottle and package? (laughs) 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 Hey, man, that was like a me. You probably, I don't remember the date. (laughs) No, I don't remember the date. (laughs) Because I just remember, let's say, doing different trials. Yes. And then, like, occupying my mother's whole dining room. Right. And um, first started off, okay, with a couple of batches. And then, okay, now there's, like, too many. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Funny enough, she never complained. Of course. <laughs> a good mother. Exactly. <laughs> and then I moved into another room. And then, well, now we moved out of that completely. And, yeah. and have it. it's now at a different location. You know? Where I actually started calling it the winery. Oh, you nice. Know? Because that's where you make wine, yes. right? So, so do you, you have a factory or you do it? I have a location well, where I do it. Yeah. So, winery. So, sorry. <laughs> Well, like there's a factory, a factory where you make wine. Yeah. Wine, wine. Right. Yeah. So you rent so, a factory space or so? So my business partner has a location. Oh, okay. So I was able to move out of home and expand. So that sorrel that we're drinking there, that, yeah. that's like one of the original ones that started all the way back in 2010. Oh, wow. And I just had it. And um, one of my constraints was bottles. Okay. You know, so when I was thinking of, okay, so I have the wine now. I guess this was purely experimenting and yes, okay, I'm thinking it could be a business. Right. But I didn't really, I didn't do a business plan. Right. I didn't think it through. I just started. Yes. Best idea. Exactly. Because honestly, if I were to do a business plan, even now, I said I would have never started because it's too capital intensive, oh, exactly. right? You know, to, to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would have set up front. I would have said up front, okay, I cannot afford this. Yes. Let's shove that idea. What's the next idea? Yeah. Oh, you so know? It's like pure passion. Passion, yes. Yeah. So, okay, so we got to, okay, I have the wine, I have the design for the label, mm-hmm. I have the logo, I have the name of the, the brand, right. which took me. Probably about a year plus to think about. Of you know, <laughs> I wanted something to represent the uniqueness of the region exactly. and, and to tie back into the whole the wine 
industry. Yeah. You know, because when you're talking wine, you're talking, let's say, burgundy, mm-hmm. or you're talking mm-hmm. champagne. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted something to represent, okay, this comes from Trinidad and Tobago, you know, the yeah. Caribbean. So it took me a while to, to come up with a name. I started thinking about names of flowers that was, mm, let's say, endemic yeah. to Trinidad and Tobago that you know you can't find any, anywhere else in the world. Mm. And I started thinking about butterflies. I, I think about <laughs> all sorts of things. And Amarindian names. So I was just thinking, you know, exploring, you know, what is a name. Yes. Uh, so it took me a while. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely, you know, spent my time, <laughs> you know, conceptualizing the business. Mm-hmm. And um, okay, so I had all of this, and then I had nothing to bottle it in. And when when I looked at um, sites online to purchase bottles from, landed it was coming up to be too expensive, you know. Wow. And the only other place to import it from, which was reasonable, was either China or India. And when you're talking about China, you know, you're talking mass, mass you're talking, yes, you yeah. know. Volume. Yeah, tens of thousands. Yeah. So I met up my business partner and we started talking about hydroponics because we do hydroponics as well. So we were talking about lettuce and then I was talking about my wine stuff and I kind of pushed because he was into, into hydroponics. So I kind of pushed him that way and he sort of kind of was pushing me, okay, what's up with you and this wine business? And I started to see, well, I'm stalled with bottles. And then he said, well, he gets his his hydroponics things from China and he needs he's gonna be making an order from China pretty soon okay so that I could also you know we could link or let's say consolidate right. a container yes and I can get my bottles but then we're still talking about tens of thousands of yeah. bottles yeah you know so I started negotiating with, with um, some ladies in China and I was able to get 5,000 bottles but then I still had to figure out how I'm getting it Across China, because the same the port that he is bringing his stuff from is not the, the same port okay. there to, to my bottle manufacturers. Yeah. So then we're talking about trucking it across, oh trucking gosh. the bottles across China, which was an additional cost that yes. you're not thinking of. And then we're talking about bottles, which is something fragile, breakages, you know. Yeah. Thinking about, okay, so if okay. I truck it across, how much, how many bottles? Okay, I'm purchasing 5,000, but how many landed? Exactly. You know, am I actually going to get? So all of this going through my mind, so I went ahead. And then storage is 5,000. Yeah, that's way keeping on you. These are all things people so don't know. <laughs> yeah. I am looking at Laura with wide eyes like a child. Because yeah. <laughs> you don't so, think about these things. No, you don't. <laughs> you know? So, okay, I have, I'm able to consolidate the container. Okay, I got it down from 10,000 minimum order yeah. to 5,000. When I get it here, where am I going to put it? Right. But that's still not a bad problem to have because bottles don't spoil. Right. So <laughs> you can keep them anyway. Once I, I can keep them and I can keep them in the sun. I can keep them, you know, anywhere because it's yeah. glass. They're not going to be damaged. Yes. Once they don't get stuff on the inside, mm-hmm. you know, melt you and all, okay. all those different mm-hmm. things. So I went ahead and purchased the bottles. And that is how I got started. Wow. Nice. Yes. Lovely. Yes. That's an excellent story. Yeah, I love that story. I really love that story. I'm sure no, podcasts really love that story. Yeah, you don't think about this like, okay, you just think, okay, I just need to get the bottle, yeah. get the packaging. You don't yeah. think about the physical elements and getting the bottles and yeah. where are you getting those bottles yeah. from, all those things that you were talking about. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's, it's, that's good information. Yeah, <laughs> even the labels, even the labels, you know, you think about, okay, well, I have to design, let's go to print. But mm-hmm. again, it's economies of scale. I'm thinking, well, I only need, let's say, 500 labels to begin with. Right. But cost of producing 500 versus the cost of, let's say, producing 2,500, 
it's about the same thing. Exactly. You know, same as well. Same <laughs> well. And then you're like, I don't need so so many, yeah. you know? So it's it's a lot of logistics and things yes. that, that you really don't think about until you're actually in it. Details. Yes. <laughs> okay. The name of your company is 11 Degrees North. Mm-hmm. Podcast, well, if you see this logo, it is sleek, it is sexy. How did you come up with the name? Right. So earlier when I was mentioning I wanted a name to tie back to the uniqueness of Trinidad and Tobago because when you're talking about wine, you speak about geographical locations. You're mm-hmm. talking about wines in Burgundy in France, talking about wines in, let's say, Champagne region, mm-hmm. etc. And Gory um, wines, Spain, different things. Or you can name it after the grape, but that's just still a type of... Because in Burgundy, there would still be, let's say, Merlots or Carmelais, Souvenirs, and so on. So I was thinking about, you know... What could give it the identity right. of Trinidad and Tobago? Yes. You know, and then when you talk about wine, why you talk about geographical location? Because the impact of the environment and the impact of, let's say, all the influences, the environmental factors, the rain, the sun, you know, your microbiological activity in your soil, right. you know, your soil type, everything has an impact on, let's say, the food that you eat. Right. So, and I experienced that where, okay, and I'm sure most most people who travel will experience it. If you drink, let's say, Coca-Cola, and you, you taste Coke in Trinidad, and then you taste Coke, let's say, in the US, or you taste Coke somewhere else, it tastes completely You different. are so right. Yeah. The Coke in Europe is excellent. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> healthy, the Coke in Europe, because it uses natural sugar. They right. They don't use any so processor. It's the sugar, it's the water, it's... Mm. Yes. Everything. Really so, so that goes, goes back into the whole process yes. of the wine. Yeah. You know? So I was thinking of, okay, even mangoes. Mangoes from, let's say, Trinidad is different from mangoes from, let's say, Africa or yes. avocados. Yeah. You know? So I'm thinking something that would, that's able to identify that, okay, this is where we are. Right. This is our location and this is what we taste like. Yeah. So then I started to think about, okay, geographical location, you know, where are we? So I started looking at latitude, longitude, and then I'm thinking, okay, we are at, I think, 10.5 A's or something. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. 10, 10 degrees north. Okay, no, maybe let's round it up. 11, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's how 11 degrees north was conceptualized. Genius. Yeah. So it's a construct. Yep. thing is, so when I'm buying wine, I look at the region as well. So I love South American wine. I love wine from even Australia's wine, right? Australia's yeah, wine. Yeah, so love Australian wine. Uh, American wines I may not gravitate too, too much. Um, no, no offense to the Americans in the podcast world, but, you know, I love me some Chilean wine. What different flavors do you have here at 11 degrees? So we have five flavors currently. We have mm-hmm. Jamun. Most people don't know it. Yeah, right. Oh. Hey, really. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, cool, hey. Jamun. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's like a purple, dark purple berry. It has a big seed on the inside. It's very soft body. Okay. So you, to harvest it, you can't really pick it like with your hands. Oh. Because by the time you hold it, you kind of crush it at the ah, same time. Yeah, you know, so it's soft. And then it has a big seed on the inside. So a little bit of flesh, you kind of, yeah. that you need to make the wine, you're kind of right. destroying it, you yeah. know. So what you have to do is you lay out sheets and you kind of shake, shake the branches. And the ripe ones will fall. And then you would, let's say, select which fruit you want and which ones you, you would not use. So, so it's a very, very delicate fruit. Okay. So we have Jamun, we have Sorrel, which most people like is Christmas time and yeah, Trinis. Yeah, we love Sorrel. Trinis yeah, love Sorrel. Trinis love Sorrel. Trinis love Sorrel. Trinis love Sorrel. Trinis love Sorrel. Yes. 
We have five finger or carambola. There's cashew. Five finger, that's star fruit. Yeah, or star fruit or carambola. And pomerac. So we're going to get into the exciting part, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get into the exciting part. Podcast will. Podcast will. Last night. Because right, I'm last night. Okay. I was reading up on winemaking technique. Specifically, Laura's winemaking technique. So what I'm about to do, and Alicia is going to help me a little bit. I'm going to turn away from the laptop. I'm going to try to recite Laura's winemaking process. Mm-hmm. Laura, you'll correct me if I'm, if I'm okay. right. You'll tell okay. me where I missed up, right? I'm just going to... Uh-huh. Kind of high level thing. I'm not going to get into the hydroponics. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first step on that. The first step, you have to pick the fruit. But you're picking only the best fruit, right? So this is where you shake it up and all these things. You actually pick it yourself? Sometimes. You go out yeah. and pick I go out and pick, yeah. Lovely. Promised, yeah. All right. Secondly, let me stand up first. Secondly, <laughs> you have to sort it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sort it, and then when it's sorted, you transport it to the broiler and the, or the crusher. Uh-huh. So after it's processed by the broiler, the crusher is processed on. We call that form like must. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so when you take the must across to the well, it's not. It's not, I wouldn't really say it's must just yet. Mm, that's right. Because must after the fermentation a little bit. Yeah. When you add the yeast. When you yeah. add the yeast, right? Yeah. So that's what we're gonna do next. Next, <laughs> you add any yeast and other additives and it's specific measurements. Mm-hmm. After that, this is where you do the analysis. We analyze any pH balance. pH podcast will is potential <laughs> hydrogen. You're gonna analyze the degrees of bricks or is it brie? Bricks. Bricks. Okay. B R I X. Degrees of bricks. That is the sugar content. Yep. In your water. It's not an exam. I saw you felt like it was an exam. You're also gonna analyze the specific gravity. That is the relative density. Compared to water. After you do that, you're going to take the seeds, the stems, and the skin. You're going to put that in a bin. Mm-hmm. That is mulch. You're going to use that later on to fertilize the soil. Then, you're going to rack the wine. You're going to rack and siphon it, right? So, by racking, that is where you're kind of... You're drawing off. You're drawing off. You're drawing off. Drawing right. off. Yeah. Okay, so you kind of throw it from so, one person so to the next. So, all this doesn't happen in one day, huh? Well, of course, yeah. of course. You know, so you filter. So it's like a filtration system. No, you you're just throwing it off. So okay, let's just say uh, over time, when your wine is fermenting, fermenting, the solids fall to the bottom. Right. So you're just throwing off the liquid at the top, and and you're allowing the sediment at the bottom uh, to remain. Okay. And okay. then you, you do this a couple of times because as it continues to ferment, more and more particles mm-hmm. will fall to the bottom. It's almost like straining. Right, Correct. Right, yeah. right. But you're not really using any mechanism to shrink. God, yeah. That's where the wine actually starts to take color of the fruit itself. Yes. The wine you're doing that, you're doing a taste test. Mm-hmm. Right? And you're also you're monitoring the um, clarity of the wine, transparency of the wine. Mm-hmm. And after you do that, that is where you put the wine to age. So you take the fruit wines, mm-hmm. that is the star fruit, the pomerac, and the cashew. The fruit wines are going to steel barrel to age for up to 12 months. Mm-hmm. And the sorrel and the jamun with American oak with medium toast. Correct. What that does, it adds flavor, complexity, and length to the wine. Mm-hmm. How did I do, Laura? Did I pass? Yes, you passed. Or I passed. Well, I'm a round of applause. <laughs> Lovely. So, this process is very, it sounds very involved, Laura. <laughs> that process, yes. I mean, 
memorizing it was very involved. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot possibly be doing this alone. I know you also have a, a full-time job. Mm-hmm. So what kind of support do you have in with this venture? Okay, so I mentioned I have a, a business partner. Mm-hmm. And then I have um, seasonal staff, which okay. will support me during different processes. So not all the time I would require them because some of the processes are automated. Gotcha. Okay. So sometimes just two of us are able to manage gotcha. and handle the, what we need to do. Like let's say the racking. Right. We just we do that for ourselves. You okay. just let's say clean your pumps, hook it up, yeah. And then you just allow it to, to do it to do, do it. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Other processes like let's say bottling, you definitely need support. Okay. You know, because we're talking about Cleaning the bottles, filling the bottles, corking them, putting on the labels, yeah. and so Wait, on. One second, Laura. So, you guys bottle it manually? Well, semi-automatically, because the filling is by a machine. Okay. okay. Yeah. Wow. So, the corking and everything else is, is manual. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, okay. Well, that's a new challenge that we're yeah. now experiencing, because now that, um, let's say, we're growing, we're now recognizing that the process of filling... We can no longer do it the way we used to. Unless, of course, we have full-time staff doing it every every single day. Oh, so it's the know, speed with which you need to Yes, go. to go, to bottle okay. it off. Because now, recently we bought new tanks. Mm-hmm. So now we're able to produce, let's say, 2,500 bottles per flavor. Okay. So in order to fill that, usually we take, let's say, about a day. To fill 400 bottles. Wow. So if you're talking about filling 2,500 bottles. By five. By five. Yes. (laughs) That's going to take quite some time. Yeah. So um, we definitely need to also upgrade our bottling system. So we have to look at that piece of equipment now. Are most of your customers or people who order from you locally based? Yeah. Or do you export a fraction? Not as yet. That was actually the the intention of getting into the wine. Initially, it was purely for export. Okay. Just because I saw, let's say, well, one, in order to make any kind of good return, right? you need to produce a lot. Let's say the percentage of when you're talking about, the, let's say, the wine consumption mm-hmm. in Trinidad and Tobago is very small. It is. So yeah. Most people I, like beer or it's rum. It's a real rum or country, yes. yeah. Yeah. So the percentage of persons who actually drink wine, I don't know the number okay. or the percentage, but I know it's, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's very small. So um, but to make sense, you definitely Not in this have room. To, <laughs> <laughs> you definitely have to export. But to do that, you also need certain licenses and... Mm-hmm. And you also need distributors in the country that's receiving exactly. your wine. Yeah. yeah. So networks. Yeah. So you definitely um that's something we have to explore. Okay. Yeah. I guess at this point, because you all are kind of you're like almost in your second stage of existence where you cross the barrier and so you see you're commercialized, you have customized, you're now looking to continue to grow. What kind of keeps you up at night? <laughs> oh, everything. <laughs> What's everything. your biggest? Is it, are you most concerned about the marketing? We know logistics. You know that's kind of a given. Okay, something you know you have to think about that. Yeah. But then, is it the marketing? Is it the? I think it's financing. Sometimes uh, it's everything, and and sometimes one thing. Right. So sometimes you 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 just dial in on. Okay, like let's say we were going to purchase new tanks. At right. that point in time, I'm thinking about. 
capacity. Exactly, right. Um, which tanks, it, whether to get them jacketed, not jacketed, <laughs> whether to get it, it would the covers fixed or not fixed, what yeah. size should I get, you know, I don't want to get it too, let's say, okay, right now, well, before we got these tanks, we had them at 100 gallons. Okay. Then we moved from 100 to 160. Okay. Right, so then I said, okay, we outgrew the 100 so quickly yeah, so to 160. Then I said, okay, I don't want to go to, let's say, could we go double and I would that be sufficient? I said, let's just go big. <laughs> because <laughs> we will grow one time. Because yeah. we'll grow at it. Exactly. You know, so I don't want to get something intermediate and, and then, then we have to spend again. Yeah. Yes. And then who can I sell it to? Right. You know, it's not to say that there is so, a wine industry right. that I can sell. Okay, I no longer need these stamps and that I can sell it. So sometimes different things keep me up at night. Yeah. At this point in time, it's Christmas time. Um, usually this is our peak sales time, right. you know, so now it's, it's sales exactly. that will keep okay. me up, you gotcha. know, um, have I thought about everybody, you know, are we targeting everybody, right. you know, who else, what <laughs> <laughs> did I forget? <laughs> Imagine, it's, a, it's really, you, you know, you look at it and you don't appreciate how much goes into it. Yeah. And then you start thinking, okay, we are ready in December. And by the middle of December, that's it. Right. You know, your yeah, sales no. period, that's it. And then you think about everything is kind of shut down. Persons want to go and do things with their family, mm-hmm. you know. So even to get staff to come and assist you to do things. Yes. You also have to think about by New Year. Have you thought about everything to close off? Wow. So that by the time you reopen New Year, you're okay. Yes. You know, so it also means having foresight. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's different things keep you up at different times. And this is such a, because you did, as you mentioned, wine is, it's not as heavily consumed in Trinidad as it is, say, in, in North America or in Europe, you know, where they're heavy wine consumers. So, and even within wine, fruit wine is a niche in itself. What was that experience like trying to get on the shelves of the, you know, common stores here that do sell wine and getting mm-hmm. it? Convincing the wine drinkers, the, the 10 wine drinkers to try. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still convincing them. I'm still convincing them. So as we said that we have, or we used to have a tradition of winemaking. Right. Or homemade wine. Right. And the perception of that also has put a perception on, on 11 degrees north. So let's say persons tend to not value it right, as, as, as highly as, as, highly imported, as right. imported grape wine. Right. Some persons say, okay, if it's not grape, it's not wine. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, grape is a fruit. Mango is a fruit, or I don't produce mango wine, but mango is a fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Pomerac is a fruit, you know. And what is wine? Exactly. Not fermentation of a fruit, exactly. you know. So that that is one argument. But it's a lot of education as well. Yes. In terms of we follow the same traditional wine making practices as let's say you would do with grape. Right. So it also is ensuring that the consumer is also aware and appreciates mm-hmm. your art. Yes. You know, yeah. and your science. That is a work in progress. Okay. Yeah. Do you talk a lot with marketing and... Marketing and sampling. Okay, gotcha. You know, because some persons expect that you would get a very, very sharp alcohol content, no mm-hmm. flavor, because that's what they know. Right. From, from home. From home. Yes. <laughs> you know, something to get drunk off of. Yes. But I'm saying, no, it's not a typical 21-day process, because right. that's... 
that is the traditional process, right? 21 days, you leave it, you rack it off. Sometimes it's still fermenting and you consume it, oh, you know? Oh, wow, okay. But we're saying, no, that we're a little bit more sophisticated. and A lot more sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and, it's, and it's worth it, you know? Yes. It's just as just as good as as your grape wine. Yes. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. It is. It is. In a recent interview, you stated that one of the main challenges for eleven degrees north is a lack of financial resources. Mm-hmm. So what I want to ask is: so let's assume that Alicia and I, through um, our company Aspire, let's assume that we were able to, to source an investment for you, a significant investment, and that investment was given to you in January. What would you do with that money? First? Oh, huh? <laughs> She's ready. <laughs> she is ready. <laughs> but here's my list of five things. <laughs> so what would you do with that, with that money to, from between January and December? How would you prepare the business for the next level between oh, wow. January and December? Um, first? <laughs> first, I would acquire a location to... Let's say grow my own fruit to have everything in one ah, okay. one area because I would like to think that I'm a scientist. I've mm-hmm. done I've done you know my BSCs in science. I've done yes. science at CXC. You know I'm, I just think that I'm um, scientific. Yes. You know I take a scientific yeah. approach. So in terms of the viticulture of growing your own fruit right. and the value of that added to the the value that it will add to your wines. Mm-hmm. I would want to, let's say, have control, have control over that. Yeah. yeah. So the actual agronomy of producing your own fruit, right. I want to do that. Okay. So I would want to have a location, plant the fruit. You wouldn't get any harvest till, let's say, five years from, approximately five years from now. But getting that started, that process started. I mean, most wines, when you, when you think about wine making regions, those vines are hundreds of years old. Yes. Yeah. You know? So getting that started. Moving, let's say, the winery on site with the orchard, mm-hmm. you know, okay. where you have your trees and stuff where persons could eventually come and see what we're doing. Yeah, I'm, thinking, this is- I'm visualizing Napa in Trinidad. So it goes back into okay, you have a place where you can educate persons as to yes. the science behind it and the value, the value yeah. that and we it are does bringing create to additional wine, around, you know, because it's, it's a I've gone to wine tours and yes. it's, it's an experience that yeah. you pay for. So, yeah. you know, so it will be an agro-tourism um, experience yes. and add to, okay, places to go in Trinidad and Tobago. Yes. But that is even beyond, because if we're talking about planting the trees, if we're talking about land preparation, mm-hmm. I would probably take you the full year, or maybe not, but <laughs> and then start to, to, let's say, transition your things from where I currently do wine production. So on that site, mm-hmm. yes, that will take up my capital investment. <laughs> okay, would that ease your mind in terms of? Oh gosh, I want to, I want to get this done, but oh gosh, we just have no money. Would that ease oh, your mind? Oh, for sure. Yes, yes, because access to fruit is currently an issue. So even in terms of, okay, yes, I have a tank with a capacity of two thousand five hundred. Right. Will I be able to set that? That's another issue. How do you source your fruit now? So I have a couple of estates that I go to that I currently get fruit. Okay. But um, in order to fill that capacity, 2,500 yes. bottles, um, that tank, no, not currently. Oh, wow. So definitely having a control over, you know, harvesting your own right. and the quality of fruit. Yes. Yeah. And the, and the 
the quality of your fruit that you also put into the wine because not all the time I'm able to, let's say, go and harvest. Right. Sometimes they harvest for you. Oh, so when they harvest for you and then you have to sort, course, you know, yeah. so it's just embedding you into, into let's say, cradle to grave, yes. a cradle cr- to grave system. No, it makes perfect sense because that's your primary input. Yes. <laughs> you you yeah. want to have as much control as possible over that. Mm-hmm. And then you could also... It's another potential. Forget my finance. Huh? I'm like, it's another <laughs> industry. Yeah, yeah, for sure. R-O-I. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Places could have their weddings there. Yeah. Like those, you know. those are vineyards of very, you know, my sister also lives in a winemaking region in Canada. And it's a thing to do. It's yeah. their tours. And, you know, there you have several mm-hmm. vineyards. But just to go on, go to the vineyard, taste sample all the wines, you spend the whole day there. Yeah. And it's, it's actually, it's not an inexpensive thing to do. Yeah. So it is a, a revenue generator for, mm-hmm. the, for them. So. I'm just going wild. Who <laughs> I love wine. I'm just so excited to learn how to make it. <laughs> I know have it confirmed by a professional like Kevin. Yes, he knows to make no, wine now. So tomorrow I'm going to make wine. I, I, <laughs> I hope so. Word, you are I hope so. <laughs> just make sure that you're in for, um, let's say, a stretch in terms of it's not just something you start today and, and it ends tomorrow. No. It's just something you may have something on your counter there for a year, you know. <laughs> that is true. That is true. You know, it's funny. So I also looked on YouTube at uh, people making homemade wine without mm-hmm. yeast, right? So they're taking these mason jars, they're heating um, water and sugar in one pan and they're heating the 10 centimeter mason jars in another pan. And all throughout the video, you just seen this disclaimer. Jars may explode. Oh Try God. at your own risk. This is a ten-minute video. This whole ten minutes, let me see. Jars may explode. So why is one? No, so, but but having things explode in in wine making is not something that is let's say unheard of. Yes, oh. I mean bottles have exploded in my house already. And, oh, so um, that's just a normal thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, we're not talking about any any heating process or anything. So let's say you bottle. I remember coming home to my well, by my mom, and her whole house was smelling of wine, and I'm like, why, why am I smelling wine? I, this morning when I left, I wasn't smelling yes. wine, you know? And when I went into the room that had the wine, bottles were just popping open. Oh my gosh. You know, and that's because I didn't add an additive to stop the, let's say, fermentation, fermentation. process. Okay. Yes. So over time... It just continues. The yeast continues to flow. I could have told you that. <laughs> <laughs> this is before I knew what I knew. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, you live and you learn. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, the carbon dioxide builds up in your bo- in, mm. in the bottle and pop. Yep. You know, yes. champagne. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's how you make champagne, actually. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. You reintroduce yeast and you allow it to ferment and you come and the upset builds up. Well, you shouldn't have told me that. Because <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I love champagne. <laughs> That's how you make champagne. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, Laura, for the past two weeks, and I've been trying to reach you and you tell me, Kevin, I'm in Panama. I am busy. Hmm? What were you doing in Panama? Trying to source bottles. So, ah. uh, we spoke about, okay, coming from China. Right. And... Well, in terms of um, the freight to get mm-hmm. over here, I'm thinking if we get it within the region. Yes, it'll be right. It, it, it should be, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I was trying to source something within the region. Mm-hmm. I, was, I wasn't I was fortunate to find anything yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um, my search continues. So maybe, Mex- uh, maybe I'm going to try Mexico 
Next. Or oh, Mexico. I mean, I might need to go and look for some bottles too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I want to go look for some bottles. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, Is this out. a business trip? <laughs> <laughs> do you need a business partner? Sure. Do you speak Spanish? See, me bien. You Persons, a couple of professionals who I constantly bounce ideas off of. Yes. 
it is important to have a mentor and to assist you in terms of refining your thoughts. Right. You know, am I thinking this through properly? Mm-hmm. You know, even in terms of at one point in time, let's say in marketing of 11 degrees north, I only wanted it in certain restaurants and certain ah, wine bars okay. and certain, you know, and that's when you become too close to, right, you know. Right, yes, and you're trying to protect <laughs> it from the brand. Yes, where it correct. Be. <laughs> yes, and I don't want it here and I don't want it there. Mm-hmm. And that's where they help you to be a little more balanced. Gotcha, yeah. <laughs> you know, I see things a little more objectively. Okay. So, yeah, I see the value of mentorship and the value mm-hmm. of family and, and good friends. Yes, no, yeah. agreed, agreed. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, Laura, podcast will needs this wine now. <laughs> now. They needed it yesterday. They needed it in December when it was recorded. Exactly. When this episode was recorded. Exactly. <laughs> Where can they find it? They can find it in Bottle Stop. I say Marvel, Digo Martin, San Fernando. Time to Wine San Fernando. Time to Wine in Tobago. Uncorked on Tragreed Road. Happy Gourmet in Val Park. Sweet Nothing, Trinity Mall. And a lot of other places that I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, you, you're in Beauty <laughs> as well? You're in the airport as well? No, but Statue's Long Circular Mall. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, what about internationally? Not yet. I have, um, let's say, shipped a couple of bottles for persons who would, let's say, write me and say, can I have a couple of bottles? Mm-hmm. I have shipped a couple of bottles to them, but it's not something that I would, let's say, do on a, uh, on a large or regular gosh, basis. Yeah. Yeah. Is it not, not yet. Not, not yet. Is, is, it, is, it, is it profitable for you? Um, no. So once I break even, I'm fine with that. I'm talking about shipping abroad. I'm just yeah, sh- I'm talking about shipping abroad. Okay. Once I break even in terms of um, let's say transportation, because remember it's liquid, it's mm-hmm. bottles, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. So um, when you try to FedEx that, oh, you, you yeah. bill, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, so once I break even, that is fine. Just for just for the exposure. Yes. You know. Can it be found online? Not as yet. Not as yet, but that's in the works, right? Please. Podcast World <laughs> is begging. I am begging on behalf of Podcast World. Podcast World, I have bought three bottles of wine in the past two weeks. I bought my third bottle Two days ago. I mean, Where you got your third bottle? I got it in Uncorked Wines and Spirits. Yeah. They got to Mr. Dion Braffitt, trying to get him on a podcast world soon. Yes, <laughs> trying to lock yeah. him down. He's a busy guy as well. He's in the wine business, so yeah. you know how it goes. Okay, so, Laura, for people out there who want to brew their own wine, for it to be at the commercial level. What to people, be at the commercial level? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What advice would you have for them? Read and experiment. As I said, wine making is both an art and a science. So make sure you have your science down correctly. Read, know the pHs that you need to be, the ranges that you need to be within, the number of bricks that you need to be within, microbiological activity, the type of yeast that you need to get. Not bread making yeast. You know, wine Shots. making. <laughs> I can do that. Do I still have my receipt? <laughs> so read, read, read. As you say, watch the things on YouTube. Try to discern the good ones from the not so good ones. Right. The videos. And experiment and taste. Okay. What about people who not necessarily want to get into wine per se, but they want to get into their own business, but it's also pretty capital intensive. So many people got all this money to get inside, but I really love this. I really have a passion for this, but right. it's such a big cost to get in. Uh, what do I do? Let me just go to work. 
Maybe there's a way to look at it in steps or in stages mm-hmm. and say, okay, what do I need to get it from, let's say, stage zero to stage one? And then when you get from stage one, maybe you could use uh, that money that you have generated, that seed money, you know, mm-hmm. to let's say carry it to the next stage, you know. And then if you need an investor, how do I go about getting an investor or mm-hmm. a partner, you know? And other um, players who could help you along the way. Not everything is tangible in terms of dollars and cents that right. you need up front, but there are other things that the intangible the networks exactly that can help you push your business forward. And that's right. So many people undervalue the importance of your network. Yeah. Yes. And it's even so step by step, like you're saying, we yeah. see a lot of would be entrepreneurs come in. And they're asking for, I'm just going to say, a million dollars to get from A to Z. But as you said, why not get from A to B? Use B to get you to C. Yeah. So viewing it that way makes it, one, totally doable, which you're living proof of. Yeah. And it also makes it, from the investor's perspective, a much easier, it's a proven concept. It's a much easier pill to swallow if, if, if it needs to be, you know. What you're saying is spot on and needs to be heard by yeah. many more people. Many, many. Yeah. And I, I remember in, in university, there was this lecturer who always told me, and it stuck with me, do your homework. Yes. Always do yes. your homework. Yeah. You know, yeah. read, read, research. Mm-hmm. You know, lifelong learning is the thing to make us survive in, yes. this, in this new world. You, you are know. so correct. So mm-hmm. constantly consuming information. Yes, about your industry. Yes, about your craft but also about everything else. Yes. You know, because entrepreneurs, you just, you not only want to know about the science, but you also have to know marketing, you have to know sales, you have to know exactly. <laughs> logistics, you have yeah. to know everything, yep. you know. So do your homework. Mm-hmm. And to tie back into our Instagram, who yes. we follow, you know, as I said, that being an entrepreneur is something that's very emotional. Yes. Having a support system and... um let's say subscribing or following persons that will give you positive messages and to keep you going, you know, keep your mindset on the A-game, keep you focused, Hmm. you know, keeping you focused. That's a lot for coming tonight, Laura. And it's Sunday evening, it's raining. Alicia, thank you for taking the time to come out. Of course, this was great. (laughs) We drank drank good wine, we had a nice conversation. I know how to make wine tomorrow. I'm going to start podcast with a lookout for me. What what kind of wine are you starting with? I'm not sure. I'm thinking maybe apple wine. Oh, okay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> maybe I could, uh, maybe I'll find something to kind of make apple wine for me. I don't know. Maybe some oh, maybe wine. Oh, maybe You know, apple and something else. Oh, yeah. Apple and a lime. I don't know. Oh, that, that actually sounds good. <laughs> Podcast will do not steal my recipe. It's coming out. Look for it. 2019. So, yeah. Laura, if somebody wants to contact you directly, mm-hmm. how can they find you? Where can they find you? Where can they find 11 Degrees North? They can find us on Facebook, just by searching 11 Degrees North or by searching 11 DEG Capital N, mm-hmm. and they'll find us. Um, they can also email us at either, you can email me directly, laurasugugal at gmail.com. You can call me directly on 776-1371. No creepy calls, guys. <laughs> I know, I was thinking she's afraid of you. It's a business book. <laughs> And um, yeah, that's that's my contact information. Yeah. Excellent. Podcast World, there you have it. Craven Power Lunch featuring black-owned businesses. We are out. We are going to drink wine right now. <laughs> <laughs>